Jesus says, you are the salt of the earth. But if the salt loses its saltiness, how can it be made salty again? It is no longer for any, good for anything except to be thrown out and trampled underfoot. You are the light of the world. A town built on a hill cannot be hidden. Neither do people light a lamp and put it under a bowl. Instead, they put it on its stand and it gives light to everyone in the house. In the same way, let your light shine before others that they may see your good deeds and glorify your Father in heaven. <clears throat> this is the word of the Lord. Dear friends of God, you are the salt of the earth. You are the light of the world. And as Pastor Laura said, Jesus didn't call us to this. He just says it. He simply describes those who follow him as salt and light. He doesn't quantify it or qualify it, explain it, make it conditional on actions, or even exhort them to be this. He simply pronounces it. He simply declares who they are in him, who we are in him. You are salt. You are light. That's something that draws us to Jesus. He tells us who we are. And he does it in ways that we can imagine in a simple word picture. Salt, light. And, and pre preachers like me, we are tempted, we are so tempted to go into depth about the character of salt. You know, we're tempted to go into the chemistry of salt and, and into the effectiveness or even the history of salt. Did you know that salt was used as currency to pay Roman salt? Okay, we won't go into that. And then we're tempted to do the same for light. We get into the signs of light. Is it a wave or is it a particle? Did you know that light is made up of all the colors and then it takes a prism to separate all the light, the, the, the colors out? Or we get into the history of light, how light was produced in first century Palestine, candles, torches. Yeah, but Jesus doesn't do that. He just, he just says, you follow me? You're salt, you're light. How, uh, the theologian Helmut Thielicke gets us to understand what Jesus is getting at when he says this. Salt and light have one thing in common. They give and expend themselves, and thus are the opposite of any and every kind of self-centered religiosity. Salt and light expend themselves. They diminish themselves so that something else can thrive. That's what we need to know here. They, they expend themselves, give themselves away. After all, salt is not something that you eat for itself. Nobody, nobody eats salt as salt. Well, the popcorn we had yesterday at the ball game was pretty bad, but anyway, it was, you don't eat the salt for salt. Its value comes in its application on other things. It enhances the combination of other ingredients. Salt shouldn't call attention to itself in a well-seasoned dish. And likewise, Jesus says, when you follow me, you exist for others. Life goes better for them because you're there. Because you're in the neighborhood, your neighborhood is a better place. 
And light is the same way. It's not used for itself. It functions in order to allow humans to see other things. Nobody puts a, a, can, a, a bushel over a candle. You put it in the room, and everybody gets to see, says Jesus. You don't look at the light. That would hurt your eyes. Light points away from itself. Light illumines other objects in the room beyond itself. Light shines on something to draw attention to that thing. So likewise, followers of Jesus point away from themselves and help others see what they need to see. They, they point away from themselves and say, look, there's Jesus over there. This is what Jesus did. In the Sermon on the Mount, Jesus calls blessed those who are at the end of themselves, those who realize their utter need of God. You're blessed when you're at the end of your rope, says Jesus. <clears throat> with, with less of you, there's more of God in his rule. He calls blessed those who feel they've lost that which is most dear to them. Then you can be embraced by the one most dear to you. He calls blessed those who show people how to cooperate rather than compete or fight. Those beatitudes were meant for his followers. And when you give yourselves up to God, to surrender, when you surrender to God and offer your lives to him in service of others, then Jesus says, you are salt, you are light. And you know, we might, we might think, oh, I have to use this podium mic here. We might think that to be salt and light, you have to be like Mother Teresa. You know, she went to Calcutta, and, and she worked among the poorest of the poor. And sometimes all she did was just help people die with dignity. Other times she did little acts with great love. Followers of Jesus will do things like that. And so you think, okay, well, I can't do that. So, well, that's, that's big thinking, Jesus. But, but Jesus says, you don't have to do, do it like Mother Teresa. So I asked for some stories about salt and light last week in the bulletin, and many of you wrote, wrote me things um, on email, and it said, I asked this question, I asked people to answer, finish this sentence, I saw God working through Christ's followers who are salt and light when? And there's a lot of stories in our congregation. There are a lot of people who have experienced salt and light in the likes of, of you. And you may not even have thought that you were doing this. Joyce saw God working through Christ followers who are salt and light when they visited her and her family over the years as they faced difficult situations. Her husband had a, a serious accident. The following year, she had a heart attack. And then their daughter was involved in a serious car accident, was airlifted to Hamilton General for, with head injuries. And in those moments, people showed up. In those moments, they came, and they brought food, and they, they brought a listening ear, and they cared. They asked how they were, and they helped where they could. They let them know, you're not suffering alone here. We're, we're going through this with you. Linda shared her experience of seeing church members who help. She said that she and her husband called up one of our sort of retired carpenters, Jim, so many times. And he comes over every time, and he always helps them tackle these, these problems that they have. 
And then Jim goes to the church and cuts the grass and makes sure things, everything in the church building is well-maintained. And she also sees the salt and light in the church members who visit regularly, those people who are home and, and have, have been hurt by, by various illnesses or, or tragedies. And they come not just once, they come for a decade, regularly, for 10 years. They come on Tuesdays. And she, she sees salt and light for those, in those who bake pies and deliver them to teachers or healthcare workers who work among people with disabilities and help them find faith and friends and belonging, who encourage newcomers to our church and who go the extra mile for others. Because Jesus said, you will expend yourself for others when you follow me. Sometimes that means getting in your car and just showing up. And just showing that someone going through a crisis, that they're not doing this alone. And, you have, and to give a word of encouragement. Or remembering someone with long-term illness. Or committing long-term to programs that help others. Harriet saw God working through her 80-year-old uncle. She wrote this. At the start of the pandemic, my 80-year-old uncle embarked on a new ministry phoning seniors and isolated folks to tell them about a song of faith and then sing it for them, a cappella. Each week he calls 60 people with a new song, becoming a voice of hope and light for Jesus, and he's still going strong. Jesus said that his followers will expend themselves for others. Sometimes that means singing over the telephone to someone who's homebound or isolated or lonely. On Tuesdays, the Nifty Knitters get together at the church and they knit blankets and hats and sweaters and, and they sew dresses for, or I think there's a picture. Yeah, there they go. Um, and they, they sew dresses for orphans in Zambia and they network with other knitters and sewers and, and they send thousands of blankets and sweaters and dresses to Faith's Orphan Fund. They don't ask for a lot of attention or recognition. They come here on Tuesdays and they simply come here to knit and visit with each other while producing good things for others. Because Jesus said, his followers will expend themselves for others. Sometimes that means blessing people you've never met and probably will never meet in your life. And on this, you can change this slide. And on this weekend, I read about uh, well, the Truth and Reconciliation. It was Truth and Reconciliation Day yesterday. And so I, I thought, well, what can I do for Truth and Reconciliation? Well, one of the things they say is learn. Learn something. So I, I looked up um, how our churches have supported urban indigenous ministry centers in Edmonton, Regina, and Winnipeg for more than 50 years. And then I read about Tiffany Kiwatin, who's from the Pipikasis uh, First, Cree First Nation and she says this I'm actually proud of who I am I can actually say that I have my kids I have a home, I have a vehicle I worked hard, I prayed because of ICF which is Indigenous Christian Fellowship in Regina if it wasn't for that place I don't know where my family would be right now I'm so very grateful to Bert Adama and ICF for never giving up on me and my family Jesus said when you are following me, you will expend yourselves for others. And sometimes that means supporting ministries that are in it for the long term. And Bert 
Adama has been the director in Regina since 1993, doing the work of encouraging indigenous people who claim, develop, use, and celebrate their individual and cultural gifts. His whole career has been to be salt and light. And I think about how Anthony and Barbara Pennings are working on Manitoulin Island among indigenous people who are still feeling the pain of residential schools and loss of culture. And among these people, the word Christian and the word missionary are an instant barrier to a relationship. And yet the Pennings are expending themselves over the long term, slowly building authentic relationships that help people heal and grow stronger. Martin and Jenny shared this observation. Salt and light. We observe weekly when as volunteers with the Downtown Kitchener Working Center, we experience the dedication and respect the staff show to the people, mostly new immigrants and folks with addictions and homelessness issues who come in for help. So they see those volunteers helping, and they see salt and light. And you think about our refugee support team that supports refugees with the ordinary things of life, helping them to go shopping, find a doctor, learn bus routes, learning to drive a car, and those, all those little things that can be so confusing. Because Jesus said, when you follow me, you will expend yourselves for others. Sometimes that means welcoming the stranger and the new immigrant to our land. And Adrian pointed out the, the monthly volunteers from Ray of Hope who cook a meal to increasingly vulnerable people. They're, they're, they are often homeless and increasingly vulnerable to this changing economy. There are more of them, just at a time when the food bank has less food available. So there's more people, more need, and less resources. And yet our deacons pay for and our church members provide a meal once a month for them all. Jesus said that his followers will expend themselves for others. Sometimes that means treating the addicted and homeless with respect and dignity and giving them a decent meal. And later on, we're going to hear from Gary, a missionary we support, who works with a team of six long-term missionary families in former Soviet bloc countries. And some of us are seriously thinking of going on a vision tour of some of the ministries there to see how God is using our people to be salt and light there because Jesus said, when you follow me, you will expend yourself for others. Sometimes that means moving across the world to work among people from a different culture to hear the gospel. And I could go on because every one of you has a story of salt and light because every one of you follows Jesus. I have to assume that. Personal support workers, authors of devotional books, encouraging people at the Y, neighbors who share fruit, vegetables, and baked goods, those who go on disaster response trips. Those are all people who are salt and light. And as we heard from Philip, wasn't Philip Yancey great on, on Wednesday night? He was fantastic. Philip Yancey, he said, it's God's people, Christ's body on earth that shows up to care to listen, to help. It's not the atheists that newspapers go to when there's a national tragedy, but to pastors and priests who know the power of hope, even in pain. They know how to be salt and light when they need to be, when it's time. Jesus said his followers will expend themselves for others, and we have seen it. We have experienced it as the body of Christ. What would Jesus see in you 
if he would come to you and say, how are you expending yourself for me as salt and light? How is the Holy Spirit moving you in this way? How can we as your church help you to grow in your relationship with your community as you live as a Christ follower? You know, we, we live in times when the church and Christians are no longer the majority. Church attendance is down. I recently read a, a, an article in the Atlantic magazine entitled The De-Churching, The Great De-Churching That's Going On. And it's real, it's, it's happening. And the reputation of the church is diminishing. And, and I don't know what the, what the perspective is on, on church members, but I, I have a sense that we're seen as a subcultural subculture of intolerant Bible thumpers that no one really likes or wants to be around. And for some people, this de-churching and this loss of cultural power could be, we could react to it in, in, in fear. We could, we could be scared. Oh no, what's going to happen to us? It could, <clears throat> could lead to nostalgia. It could lead to trying to recover some era of, of cultural you know, greatness. Make the church great again. Who knows? Yet we can also see this as a challenge for us to do what Jesus says so clearly. More than ever, we need to simply be salt and light, to expend ourselves on others. Are we ready to do that? You know, I was, I was impressed <clears throat> by this pastor found his, his blog, <clears throat> and, and he's, he's a speaker, he's a writer from California. He planted a church and describes his call to be its pastor in this way. He says, God put me in Simi Valley, California to lead a church of comfortable people into lives of risk and adventure. I believe he wants us to love others so much that we go to extremes to help them. I believe he wants us to be known for giving of our time, of our money, of our abilities, and to start a movement of giving churches and in so doing, we can alleviate the suffering of the in the world and change the reputation of the church in America. I guess we can do that in Canada. And I like that. I, I, I like that. I think it's faithful to Jesus. I'm here to lead a church of comfortable people into lives of risk and adventure. Is there something heartening, something drawing for you to that? Jesus said that his followers will expend themselves for others. Sometimes that means leaving comfort zones and joining the risk and adventure of love. And yet, as exciting and as impressive that is, it's not always dramatic and extreme. A while back, somebody asked the preacher and writer Eugene Peterson what he would say if he were writing what he knew would be his very last sermon. And this is what he said. In my last sermon... I guess I'd want to say, <clears throat> go home and be good to your spouse. Treat your children with respect. Do a good job at work. In other words, just be salt and light where you are. And that might be an adventure in itself. Being salt and light can be dramatic and extreme. It can be homely and simple. It's both at the same time. We are salt and light in the real world. And that invo involves genuinely being with real people, listening to them well and treating them as images of God as they are. 
And Jesus tells us who we are in this world. And may we all be living our lives in the way he describes us. You are the salt of the earth. You are the light of the world. Let your light shine before others so that they may see your good works and give glory to your Father in heaven. Amen. Let us pray. Oh God, thank you for Jesus. Thank you for the words he gives to us and the image of ourselves that he gives, that we can be salt and light. Lord, in all the ways that you are moving us to be this, in all the ways that you are moving us into our community, into our neighborhoods, into relationships, help us to be as you have called us to be, people who know you, serve you, and enhance the lives of others because of it, and who shine in the darkness with the truth of Jesus. And we pray this in Jesus. Amen.